This is Josh. This is it podcast. And today we have Cadetta South. Why am I this close to the mic talking this weirdly? I have no idea, but it seemed to fit the tone of what I'm doing. So <laughs> <laughs> let's get real close. Let's get real intimate. This is for the ladies right here. Hey guys, how you doing? <laughs> no, that's, that's awkward. That's <laughs> that, that's weird. But today we have Cadetta South coming from your live Masberg, or also known as Brennan White, to you know, us regular folk. <laughs> who don't know people by pseudonyms uh i'm sure that's how the pronunciation is but pseudonyms Brent, monikers yeah like aliases hey yeah secret identities <laughs> yes secret identities oh brennan who is Cotetta south who <laughs> is <out>. he <laughs> the crime fighting folk singer in the night who is this man <laughs> He whooped the villain's ass and played Americano. Oh, God. <laughs> We're like 30 seconds into this, and they've already heard my actual laugh. That's horrible. <laughs> oh, God. No, okay. no. The crime-fighting folks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Please let that be the next album title. <laughs> Golly, that was it, good. Okay. If Stuff Jan Stevens could put a, a like Superman in his album, you can be called the crime-fighting folk singer. Jeez. Oh, my gosh. That's ridiculous. Oh, man. So... When did you decide you were going to start playing folk music? Was there like a process of elimination of this was the style that you were most comfortable approaching? Not really, actually. I, I, I kind of discovered that there are some bands that go through that, like there's one band called Soja, uh, like Soldiers of Ja Army, I think is what it is. Soja? Yeah, yeah. Well, they're, they're, Ross, they're like Rastafari. Oh, okay. And they okay. do um, reggae. But they're all, I think they're all like just regular white dudes, though. Yeah. Um, but they were like, yeah, we tried different styles and everything, and then eventually we settled on reggae. It was not like that for me. Uh, I essentially, I, my dad has always been enforced, you know, just write good songs. That's what it is. Just yeah. write songs from the heart and that's all that matters. Um, so that's why when you listen to my songs, they're very super personal. I mean, they're like almost too personal sometimes. Um, like you could probably, you know, find the girl on Facebook that one song is about <laughs> I mean, very quickly. It's <laughs> like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's the girl. Yeah. Um, but no, I guess that's kind of the folk song style is you just, you know, I guess the traditional folk is, you know, telling stories and that's kind of what I do still. Um, but I, I didn't, I, I can't even talk straight. There was never really a time that I was like, I'm going to be a folk singer. Yeah. You know, it just happened because I listened to Bright Eyes a lot, which is obviously, you know, right up that alley of like, almost like indie rock folk in a sense with some of his albums. Um but uh, it was like Copeland is what I started off on. John Mayer, obviously. Bright Eyes and like 13 or 14 years old. And then got into Iron and Wine. Heavily into Iron and Wine in high school. And then uh, from high school, it went to Dawes, which is my biggest influence right now. I mean, I heard Dawes. I went to the one of their shows in Chattanooga to see Connor Oberst, actually, at Bright Eyes. Yeah. And they were opening up. And I, I've been a Connor Oberst fan since I was 13, you know. But I left that night with a Dawes t-shirt. <laughs> to give you an indication as to how blown away I was uh, by Dawes. Connor, Dawes's. you were great tonight. You bro. were great. I love you. Your hair looks great. You look good. But that Dawes band? Oh, forget about it. <laughs> what is this? What? I don't know. I don't know. It just happens. Yeah. But no, I wasn't really ever like, I'm going to be a folk singer. Yeah. I was just like, I want to write songs about my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> and, and get them out in the world. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that's, yeah, I guess that's it. I kind of feel that approach where... I people wouldn't I wouldn't typify myself as like a soul singer, but right. it seems like the approach of the music that comes out of me is like, oh, well that's soul then, yeah. <laughs> or it's like, oh, well, okay. you're black, so yeah. <laughs> clearly, <it's> soul music, <laughs> right? Clearly, the alley where you're going down, 
I was like, I was trying to write a rock album. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, you're black, so R&B? Like, no. Uh, I was trying to, oh, I guess this is what happens now. Yeah, but. You play Foo Fighters music? Oh, that can't be right. Are you sure? Are you sure? My Hero is not an R&B song. Oh, my God. <laughs> Stereotyping everything. You're white. You must play folk music. Wow, she's right. <laughs> so, I'm guessing you're not going to call yourself a folk singer then. Uh, I would say Americana. Mm-hmm. I, I would say folk is in there, but I mean, uh, especially with the songs I'm writing for this next album, it's it's gonna be folk, Americana, indie rock stuff is mm-hmm. what it is, and that's kind of if you listen to it all, it's it's encapsulated. Um, but there's a lot of bands right now that aren't really specified by a specific genre, you know. Um, Dawes being a great example of that they're kind of called, but um, there's a lot of bands out there that don't really have a specific genre that kind of tie in a bunch of genres to make one amalgamation, and that's where I kind of feel I lie. Because um, you listen to my songs and the whole album, I feel like each song is going to have kind of a different genre in its own essence. Like the first song on the record is called Where You Are, and it's kind of jazzy. You know, it's kind of like jazz and folk, and the second song is straight up folk. Third song is kind of um, Americana. Fourth song is, is uh, not Annabelle. Fourth song is Greyhound, and I don't even know which on that thing is because it's got like... <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's got like all these kind of uh, background swelling guitars and everything, and it sounds like a traveling song, so I guess it could kind of be Americana, but mm. I don't know. That's just my take on it, though. That's from the inside, looking out, you know? Mm. So your album's a concept album, and I, I guess you don't get too deep into, like, is the album about a certain person? It's about certain persons. Persons, okay. And you can probably find them on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> By looking uh, No, it's... Uh, it's a concept album in the sense that it's about it's about relationships, honestly, is what it is. Pretty much the whole thing. Um, whether Most of it is about the love kind of relationship, but yeah. there are a couple songs that are about... Um, uh, one song is about my grandfather who passed away a year ago. Uh, another song is about... Sec- the, the second song, Pocket Watch, is about um, a friend I had who just could not get his shit together. And <laughs> I know those kind of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, it's not like a, a mean, like, dude, yeah. you suck song. It's more like a... You, you're such a good person. What are you doing? Just, you know? if you just get on the ball. Yeah, if you just stick with something, it doesn't really matter. Just get committed and finish something for once. Um, <clears throat> but what do you, you asked a concept album, yeah. and then... Um, what is the second thing? <laughs> I said concept album. Oh, I just asked, was it about anyone in particular? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a funny little tidbit. Um, if you buy the CD and you open the CD up, there's the initials of the four people that it's about. But they don't know that because they didn't buy the CD. <laughs> and it but, says, but now if they hear this and they yeah, buy yeah. the CD, well, it's not in hate. None of the none of the songs on the album are, are have any malice in them, yeah. or you know, there's some songs that are like, this is kind of screwed up that you did this. But then at the very end, the the main title of the album title is "A Few Regrets." The main track in the album, or the title track in the album, is called "A Few Regrets." Also, obviously, and what it is, it's a song about. Each it's about three different people that affected my life the most in the last like four or five years. Um, and so it's cool is that it's a three verse song, and each verse is about a different girl. If that makes sense. Yeah. So the first verse is about a girl I dated about a year ago. Second verse is about a girl uh, I almost dated that was my best friend, and, and it didn't work out for you know several different reasons. And the last one was about a girl the most significant relationship I've had so far. But each verse is kind of saying like. Um, it's not your fault. It happens. Just because I'm very much a believer in uh, just because you didn't work out with somebody doesn't mean you can't be friends with them, you know? Yeah. So I'm still friends and have good relationships with all those people, which I really, um, you know, I have no problem with that. I think it's awesome. 
Um, uh, what was I gonna say? But um, come on, Brennan, think. Use your use your mind. Uh, but each each verse is really just talking about kind of what went wrong in the relationship, or uh, uh, the second verse is about a time that I got reminded of her, even when I was like five thousand miles away because mm-hmm. I was in Spain. Um, a lot of my songs are very literal. I mean, the second verse of that song says, uh, I saw a couple on the subway while in Spain, and I literally saw a couple on the subway while in Spain, <laughs> and they were literally making out on, e- on each other, and the girl looked exactly like the girl that yeah. I was talking to. So it was like, it was kind of funny to be like, okay, I flew 5,000 miles away, and I still can't get her off my head. Yeah. You know, it's kind of that kind of thing. I, um, I have a similar yeah. a- a- anecdote. <laughs> <in> a- <laughs> <laughs> Do tell. Uh, um, yeah, so, you know, person I'm currently with right now, uh, it, was a, it was a break, you know, and during that, I went to Mexico, and my friend was like, you just got to get her off your head, which, it, oh, for, no. that's like that's like reverse psychology 101. Once you tell someone you got to get them off your head, that means they're yeah. constantly going to be in your mind now. So I was on, like, the top of, like, a mountain in Mexico, just like... <laughs> I wonder what she's up to right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wonder what was going on. What is she doing? Yeah, that, you, know? you see like a, a liter of water. You're like, oh, she loved water. <laughs> water was her favorite. Yes. Water was her favorite color. Yeah. Um, but no, so the, it, it's a concept album, like I said. But yeah. Like you said. But no, it's about four different people. One of the songs actually is about a girl I, I dated when I was in eighth grade. Um, it's called Five More Seconds. And it was actually a song that my past band Chasing Needham did um, I was in that band for six years and, and we put out an EP two EPs and an album uh, the first EP was not very good the second EP was not very good the, the album was pretty good I yeah. liked the album a lot um, it definitely had some issues with it but we won't get into that um, there's issues, issues with every album you know Yeah. Um, but we had a song on our first EP called Five More Seconds that I had written it took me I mean I dated this girl for like two years in eighth grade not even really dating. We just texted a lot. Yeah, just that's like, all it was. Mm. Like, cause she was so scared to be like public with our relationship, so we never even like kissed or held hands or anything like that. Eighth grade, I mean, fourteen years old. You know, took me two years to get over that shit, though. <laughs> I mean, I literally until I was sixteen, I was not over that girl. Yeah. I don't even know why. You know, it was so stupid to, to look back and think about it. But a good song came out of it, so that's kind of cool. Mm. Um, but the song is called Five More Seconds. Uh, her initials are in the back behind the CD, also. Um, but uh, if you look on the back of the CD, I'm going to spoil it because no one else knows about it really unless they bought the CD. Uh, it says, um, thanks to all the women that inspired so much of this album and then in parentheses in order of appearance. Is in, in my <laughs> like a film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, then it had their initials and the very bottom it says, I'm a better man because of you. So it's kind of like a cheeky way to be like, it happened, you know. Yeah. It didn't work out. That's okay. But I'm a better person because of it and therefore it was worth it. Which is what the entire album is, in essence, really about. Is um, It didn't work out. That's okay. At least we're better people now. Kind of thing. There's a lot of people who I know have like woken up with their exes who are not on very solid ground with them. Right. Yeah, a lot of just like it's the, resentment. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of the, the typical, you know. Yeah. And there's a lot of songs I've heard which kind of approach breakups from that, you know. <laughs> Taylor Swift. Uh, yes, every <laughs> Taylor <laughs> No, great songs though. Great yeah. songs. Just like that resentment angle. So it is nice to hear someone's like, yeah, you know, it just happens. That's just how, you know, yeah, love that's, is. That's something my dad taught me, honestly. He's like, well, man, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. Don't worry about it, you know. Because yeah. he had a... He, took, he tells us this story every time he starts drinking. But he tells the story to me every time he starts drinking. It's about the story of a time he took to a girl to prom. 
And he was like 17 or 18 at this point in time. He was a road manager for a bunch of bands back in the day. Um, and he, they were just talking and everything. He was like kind of seeing her, kind of not, you know. And they were at the dance and everything. And, and he goes, you know, well, I'm, I'm, you know, trying to find somebody that I can, you know, I'm going to be on the road a lot. You know, I'm going to be managing bands and everything. I'm going to be gone. I want to find somebody that I can come home to after a long time and, and they'll still be there waiting for me, you know. And she goes, well, that's not me. And he goes, that's okay. Yeah. And that's that's the end of the thing. Like they just were like, all right, cool. Well, we obviously we don't agree on that, so there's no sense in trying to make it work if, we, if we're not going to see that. She wanted someone that was home. He needed he needed somebody that was going to be okay with him being gone for months at a time to come back to. So that's the whole premise. That's what I that's where I learned it from, you know. And I think everyone should try and, and kind of do that to an extent, you know. Obviously, if the relationship was abusive or something, that's a different story. Yeah. You know, you get out and you leave, know, stay out. You know. Um, but if it just happened, if it, you guys just, which is how all my, my, I can't even talk straight. That's how all my relationships ended where it's just like, we just don't work out. You know, we're just not working. Yeah. Uh, so there's not really any reason to be bitter. You know, sure. People say hateful things sometimes. I've said some hateful things. I'm sure too. I know. I know I have actually. <laughs> and I, you know, I regret them. It's okay to have a few regrets, which is again, the album title. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Plugging it every way we can. <laughs> to throw it in there. It's okay to have a few regrets because you learn from them, you know? Yeah. Um, which the title track is named after the line that says, keep a few regrets, they'll help you find your way. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. Good night, everybody. That's all, folks. Um, but not really. It's interesting. I always have like a concept, not for an album, but for a music video. Like, okay. Um, I always had this idea of like, I feel like people kind of approach like love in this kind of way as if it's like a person, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was the idea of like, okay, what if the music video was like me like singing, I guess, the song, whatever it's about a break or something like that. But in the kind of situation, love are like these dudes, moderately buff people, <laughs> and pretty much like they're wearing like hearts to symbolize what they are. Right. And they're just whooping my ass. Like, I'm getting my ass just beaten. I love it. And just, like, I'm bleeding and everything. And that's, like, symbolized how love is to people. And I was like, that'd be a great video. Or, even better, or same idea. Yeah. At the very end, you end up hugging them and saying it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's because like, that's honestly how it yeah. is. Love kicks your ass and you're like, I still want you. Yeah. You know? Super symbolic. Mm. Super metaphysical. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. <laughs> Get the guys out here. Get the guys. Get the black belts. <laughs> oh my god! Just find like six really ripped dudes just to like wail on you. That's so funny. I I think I think people around me if, like if you shoot this be like, are you in, are you in like in need of help? <laughs> are you gonna be okay? No, it's great. It's fantastic. No, it's I'm just, fine. It was an amazing video. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh man. I I think it takes a lot of courage to do like a solo show opposed to. A show with the band, at least from my perspective, because I've done open mic nights and like you know played solo stuff, and there's just there's unlike when you're a band, you there's you, there's always someone to fall back on, like oh, I fucked up that note, hey man, we can you know right yeah. right with no, you yeah, it was, yeah. it was you was just like oh shit, it's just me up there if I fuck up. Yeah, no, I, I definitely because I wasn't like I said chasing him for six or seven years, and uh, especially when you're that young, because we started playing together when I was you know 15, 16 years old, um, and we just. To get that synergy with people is fantastic, you know, to where if you do mess up a note, you're just like, hey, man, you got that? He's like, all right, cool. And we keep going. I mean, a lot of our songs, you know, jazz is very improvised. Um, and the kind of music we did, you know, it had structure, 
but we left spots open for improvisation also because yeah. we all kind of loved improvising. I mean, this, their, our drummer was great. Our bassist was really creative with his bass looks and stuff. So he'd do solos even. Um, I would do solos because I'm obviously the guitar knucklehead. Um, <laughs> but like it was that kind of stuff is really cool. But I yeah, it can it it was intimidating for a long time to play solo. Um, but I'm really good at just telling myself to suck it up and do it. <laughs> I'm a, yeah. I'm a good self motivator honestly. So. If I get nervous, I'm just like, I'll be all right. I just, even if I don't think I'm going to be all right, it's, you know, it's like applying for a job. You're like, are you capable of doing this? And before you even say no or anything, you say yes. Yeah. And you figure it out when you get there kind of thing. So it's every show is a little bit like that where it's like, I don't know exactly what I'm doing tonight, but it's kind of cool too to be like, I can take it wherever I want to. But I don't know. I do wish I, I'm still trying to find the right members and everything. I've got a couple right now that are really solid. Like I was telling you before, um, Sergio and Matt. Um, great musicians, great guys too, and it's uh it's going well. I just haven't had a lot of opportunity to book many uh, full band shows, and you've heard the album. I mean, it takes yeah. like six people to do it justice. Because when I recorded it, I mean, I literally I wasn't like I want to you know record an album that I can do live and do justice. You know, I was very much like I want to make the best album I possibly freaking can. Yeah. So I mean, I, there are there's organ parts, there's piano parts, there's two three you know guitar parts in every single song. Um. And most of that can be condensed down. Like I can pick and choose guitar parts, and they'll be fine, and you can still get the representation of what it meant, you know, was meant to be. Um, but finding people to come together and be like, "All right, guys, let's get together and play my music," you know, and we're gonna do it the way I want it to be. Yeah, and we're gonna like hit these parts, improvisation, fucking improvisation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What I need to be <laughs> right. Yeah, and it's very, it's very hard to bring people together that believe in your music. And thankfully, I've found people that I have found that are willing to even do that little bit of just, you know, playing a show every now and then is fantastic. But, um, like I was telling you before is, is, um, or before we start recording, at least, um, the three things that I learned from a, a drum teacher, Paul Heindel at Heinz and Raymond, my old, uh, community college that I went to, he needs three things to do a gig. He needs to have, it needs to pay well. It needs to have, or he'll choose two of these three things. Sorry. He needs to pay well. He needs to like the people and he needs to like the music. If he can get two of those three things, he has no problem taking a gig. But if it only pays well, but he hates everything else about it, he's not going to do it. Yeah. And that's he I, he taught me that, and I've been like, wow, that's fantastic. Why didn't I think of that? And so any situation where, like, I just recently became the lead guitarist slash background vocalist for Empty Atlas, because um, me and Micah became friends this past year and a half, and it's been going really well, and I he, he needed a new band. You know, his lineup at the time, uh, they released their album back in December, and the other guys, they just had life happen, you know, so they had to leave and everything. And so after the show, I was like, I want to be your guitarist, you know. Um, I'm going off on a tangent. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> but, uh, no, it, it's it's very cool to to be playing solo stuff. Um, but I don't know. I, I do want to find the right guys to really do it justice. Because the album, I feel like, if people heard the album from start to finish at a live show and had, like, every single instrument played out, mm-hmm. they I think they'd really like it. Yeah. I, I believe that fully. Um, but it's just finding the people to do so, it, yeah, you know? Yeah. I've seen people do, like, one-man shows with, you know, pedals. Right. And, and Sheeran, for example, is yeah. playing Wembley Stadium with a pedal board and an acoustic mm. guitar, is, which would have never happened <laughs> in a million years. You're like, so what is your setup? Just you and pedals to get the click drums going to be in your guitar? Yeah, it was not happening. They're me. like, this guy's an amateur. <laughs> this guy's a busker. Yeah. He thinks he's funny. <laughs> it's like, uh, I played Wembley. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like, oh, I'm big time. Okay. <laughs> Get out of my face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there any... There's there's a lot of folk music, you know? Yeah. 
who are some people in folk music who you kind of visually cringe at like the 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 hearing of them you know you're like oh oh he's on (laughs) oh i don't know i don't want to diss somebody else okay but these guys (laughs) (laughs) oh this is about it but when i hear when i hear this person no i don't know um oh god i i just said that but i won't immediately came to mind who is it lumineers oh dude i can't stand the lumineers i do not like lumineers and like I've given them a chance to. I've listened to their newer stuff too, and I'm still like, but like every song they're like, hey, <laughs> hello, like, like I feel like that's such a scapegoat nowadays. That people just kind of throw in O's in a song, and all yeah. of a sudden it's like, oh, it's a really good song. It's got O's. It's really sing songy. It's really easy to sing to, and that's why people love it because they go to concerts and stuff, and they go, oh, and every- <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah, but like, hey ho, that song they put out like. Uh, I'll be along with you. You belong with yeah, yeah. you. Know, I'm gonna sing the whole thing for copyright issues, but um, <laughs> they there's that one part. I'm so, I'm super nitpicky because I I do production and engineering and stuff. So like, uh, there's a part with it on when they say sweetheart, like one or two of the vocalists are singing super flat, and it bugs the absolute crap out of me. Yeah. And like that reason alone, I will change the radio station. Just I'm like, here comes that part, that flat note, <laughs> turn off. No, yeah, exactly. There's plenty of. Um, but like, obviously, like that's just you know, I've listened to some of their stuff, but I, I, if I really wanted to get like a really good opinion, I'd have to listen to all of it. They did put out a song recently, um, I forget the name of it, that I was floored by. I was like, this is a great song. The music video was was a great presentation too. Was it like Cleopatra? It wasn't Cleopatra. No, it was something else. I think maybe it was Head in the Heart. Head in the Heart's really good too. Mm. Um, but no, I, nothing really comes to mind. Like that's like the one band I can think of that I'm like, I, from what I have heard, I don't like. You know. Yeah. But not all of it. I mean, it's still it's folk music is supposed to be easy. You know, it's supposed to be, you know, stuff that can be passed down. That's what traditional folk is. You know, it's stories passed down in song format. You know. So in that essence, they succeed fantastically. <laughs> you know. But I'm not the guy to hear the ho. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. That's kind of cliche to me. But yeah. um. But then again, I'm, I'm sure people think my music is cliche also because I'm talking about my feelings a lot. I don't. I don't believe so. I believe, I think a lot of people. Um, this this seems how the music like in the music scene. I like people feel like if music's not re like, invented anything new, then it can like immediately be just be like passed off as like not that good, you know? Right. So, for instance, if like you use like entire album of love songs, you know, which people be like, oh, that's nothing new. There's no original concept there, like. I feel like music, it should just be good in its own merit. It doesn't have to reinvent the wheel. It doesn't have to bring some yeah. new concepts. As long as it's just good music, then it's all right. that matters. Yeah. No, yeah. And that's like, um, I don't, I never really was like, I want to be a folk singer. Or I want to be an Americana singer, you know. I just kind of um, wrote music. I did what felt natural. And I ended up here somehow. In this bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to you. <laughs> Talking to you. Staring at this microphone. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um... No, no, no. I, I, I agree completely. I think that music should be good music. And I will say, there's kind of this debate of like, you know, um, I shouldn't say there's a kind of debate. This is my personal opinion. It could very easily be wrong. But what I think is that people still know what good music is. Yeah. People still know. They hear a song and they go, that song's timeless. That song's going to last forever. Example, James Taylor. Everybody, if you listen to James Taylor one time, even if people don't even know who James Taylor is, they hear Fire and Rain or You've Got a Friend and they go, oh my gosh, I know this song. You yeah. Know? 
and it'll be classy for the rest of their life. You know, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be timeless. You know, because it's just a good song. It makes you feel good. It's got great lyrics. It's got great music. It's not just some generic four chord song thrown out with haze and hose put into it. You know, that sound like Illuminators shit, are know? getting destroyed right now. <laughs> <laughs> about to roast your ass. <laughs> um, no, but I think people still love good music and. Um, not that there is there's still great music I think Adele is a great example she's gonna be timeless I feel yeah. like I feel like her music is gonna live long after she dies you know James Taylor the Beatles for example um, obviously they've got their cheesier tunes like I Wanna Hold Your Hand and stuff Yeah. but like songs like Yesterday and you know um, The Long Wind Road Road that's oh my favorite gosh dude, dude so good yeah. that's a timeless kind of tune it's no matter who you are you can listen to it and you can relate to it I listened to that song the first time and I just cried. I was like, I don't know it's what this so what this feeling is. But and like with like, the strings and everything. Yeah. Oh my god! It's interesting because Paul McCartney actually didn't like the strings. He thought it kind of... Really? Like it made it more melodramatic. He liked it without it. It's kind of... I think it, both versions would be good. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think people still like the music. I, pe- I think the good music will always prevail in some way or another. Like that's why I'm not really worried about the industry right now is because of the fact that people are like, oh, music was better back in the day. Like, no, there's always been shitty music. Yeah. Dude. There's always been pop music that flooded the radio stations, but the people you know about from the 70s that you say was the best music weren't always the ones that were the most popular. Yeah. They're the, kind of the underdogs sometimes. So like James Taylor, I, I, again, I can't... You know, Jackson Brown. You know who Jackson Brown is? Yeah. That guy's timeless, you know? Um, songs like that are just... Songwriters like that are just incredible. Adele's a current one. Ed Sheeran, I think, is a current one. Mm. Uh, Jason Mraz, I hope, is a current one. <laughs> Because uh, he's obviously written some fantastic songs, and if you listen to his albums all the way through, like that guy's immensely talented. Mm. You know, I feel like his songs should be on the radio. I, I will say that the new, the newer stuff he's doing, I don't care for. Um, but the songs, the albums he's put out, like um, I, I forget what the name was, but he's just like Mr. A to Z. That's that's my favorite album by him. Um, it's incredible. That guy's immensely talented. You know, um, but so. <laughs> in essence what I'm trying to say is people still know what good music is so I'm not worried about artists um, like Kesha who or stuff like that because that I mean that even that kind of music still has its place in the industry yeah. you know it's meant to make you feel good for three minutes and it does exactly that but songs like the Beatles yesterday or the long winding road is gonna make you feel good for the rest of your life you know mm. what I mean yeah. it's that kind of thing you know it's it's youth music in a sense you know that kind of um, modern day pop is is very, uh, you know, it's meant for people that are younger and don't mind listening to a song that's three minutes long and has four chords and nothing else, you know? I feel like, though, there are more artists who are taking that kind of conventional structure and doing, like, you know, better things with it. Like, uh, smart pop is what Yeah, like it, um, yeah. Vampire Weekend. Right. They're very poppy, but they have a lot in those yeah, songs. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, or, uh, even like Hosier, I'm I'm surprised Hosier got popular. <laughs> I know, man. He's so he's another guy. I think he could be, he could be timeless too. Yeah. We'll see how the second album comes out, but um, unless it came out already, I don't think it did. I I, I think it I don't did. think it either. Uh, oh, but like another band, Young the Giant, Alabama yeah. Shakes. Alabama Shakes Dude, has that timeless yeah, sound yeah. up top, yeah. right here, <laughs> solid. Yeah. I hope Dawes is one of those two. Dawes has that classic sound. Um, they're Rolling Stones said that they're um, what is it? Authentically vintage, I think. Like, oh my gosh, what a band. I feel like there's a lot of bands right now that are kind of embracing that vintage sound. Yeah. Yeah. I think part of it might be because of the... The The timelessness, as you said. Yeah, the timelessness and also the... um, 
kind of the, the fluctuation of, of the vinyl sales and everything, people are kind of going back and like, oh, well, I have a record player now. I don't have to just buy new vinyls. I can go buy old vinyls too. Yeah. And they're getting into older music maybe. That's just my take. But also I feel like um, I feel like people nowadays, the people that buy vinyls that got into it in the last few years, because I think since 2008, I believe this is right. I've, I've looked it up a couple times. Since 2008, vinyl sales have doubled by like 300%. Or, or doubled by 300%. That makes no sense. They've gone up by 300% or yeah. something like that. It's insane. You know, um, obviously they'll never come back and, and be the yeah, main like, market. You know, yeah. it's kind of a novelty right now, but it's a really cool novelty to have, I think. Um, people are kind of going back and re like, appreciating because you can go to any record store and buy used vinyl for like $6 and it could be a Jackson Brown record and you love it to death. You know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. Um, but I don't know. That's just my take. I was definitely thinking about, well, listen, I think it was a, I think it was a rapper was talking about how he never really listened to new music. Like, not like music that was newly coming out because what was new to him was music he'd never heard before. Like, that's Who new to him. Who said that? Oh, um, man. Was it, was it Eminem? No. It or do you a, think it was Kendrick? No. I think it was, you know... The I've group, heard that before, You know the though. group uh, Public Enemy? I don't. No. Yeah. Well, the, the lead rapper, Chuck D, is like, he said that. And I feel that oh, like, okay. there's a lot of albums that I don't particularly know. For instance, like the book... The thing that's Mike's standing on is 100,001 albums you must hear before you die. <laughs> and, like, there's a lot of albums that I'm sure I've never heard before. Like, for instance, Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On. I want to listen to that shit now. Like, I'm going to blast that in the next couple of days because <laughs> there are albums that are classes that I just right. don't know. But I can know the songs on this. The Commodores, even, you know. Yeah, exactly. Another good example. Mm. I mean, I, I jam some fucking Commodores. Mm. Good Lord. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I had something in my head. Oh, going back to, like, how many albums are out there. Like... It's intimidating for me to be like, okay, I want to get into Bob Dylan. Where Which album? Where listen? the hell do you start? That guy's got like 40 records, yeah. you know? And people say, oh, start at the beginning. I'm like, that's so much, though. I want to pick out the best of the best. And so my perspective, and I feel like some other bands have this, too. Um, I want to make like max 15 albums that I'm really proud of. Yeah. And that's it. You know what I mean? Maybe even not even that. Maybe just like six. You know what I mean? Like uh, Damien Rice is a huge influence of mine. That guy's put out three albums since he started playing music. Three. And they're phenomenal. Every single one is incredible. Um, the first album got... He actually did that one completely by himself. Like, carried his mics all around Ireland and everything, recording music and such. And, like, at friends' houses and, like, carrying it on the subway and everything just to record it. Did everything himself. And because he put it out by himself, that when that album hit, I mean, it got huge. He, he became a very rich man off that album. <laughs> From what I've read, at least, I mean, I can't be, I could be wrong about that, but, um, I was gonna say, but no, it's, it's like, it's very daunting to be like, all right, there's 40 albums. Yeah. Go ahead, man. You know what I mean? I feel like with someone like Bob Dylan, the good thing is you can, there's more leeway you can speak like, oh, yeah, this are his best albums, you know? Right. Where it's like, oh, I love this song, Blonde on Blonde. You can just pick the, the genre into he's probably covered, you know? Right. And at the same time, like, I have a friend, Asher, who's huge into Bob Dylan. I mean, this guy's a classical saxophonist, and he's like, oh, Bob Dylan's my favorite. I'm like, really? You're a jazz you, player. <laughs> you, you play classical music on saxophone, and you love Bob Dylan. He's like, yeah, I love it. And super juxtaposition, but I, he's a super cool guy. But um, but he, like, he's such a huge Bob Dylan fan. He loves albums that people don't like by Bob Dylan, you know? And I'm kind of like, well, what if, you know, what if that one album that no one likes by Bob Dylan ends up being my favorite album? So you have no choice. If you want to get into it, you have to go through every single album. If yeah. you really want to find out and experience the Dylan, you know what I mean? The, the Dylan. The Dylan. Yeah. But like, um, I mean, there's some artists right there. 
like a Young the Giant is another great one. I think Young the Giant could be a classic too. Um, they've got some phenomenal tunes and, and they're just a great band. You know what I'm talking about? You yeah, know, so. uh, Mind Over Matter. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a phenomenal Bye. album. You know, um, I think that's album title right for the second one. I I don't. I think it was Mind Over Matter. It probably is. Yeah, but <laughs> but the first album they did was super positive, incredible. The second album they did was just like, oh my gosh, what a great second album. Yeah. Um, which they were a band before, but this is like their second album under Young Vagina and everything. Um, and like, they, it's like crazy because the first album, they were super straightforward. Everything was in like 4-4 and everything. They just kind of wrote songs that were really catchy and they succeeded in that. And they just... And the second album, I don't know if you noticed, but there's one song in 7 and it's like the coolest song ever. Anagram. It's the first song on the record. They opened the first track of the album, of the album in 7 and it's like, um, it's just so cool. Because you like you hear this like indie rock kind of popish band, like oh these guys just know how to you know they're all yeah. kind of good. They're good at what they do, but they're not like phenomenal, you know. Mm-hmm. Then you hear a, like a song open up in seven eight, and you're like oh my gosh, this is hard to this play. This is a band, yeah. Yeah, this is a really like this drummer. I think his name is Jack Jacques. I think he's French, but um, that's not Jacques Cousteau. <laughs> but he's killer. Like they're all super solid and everything, and um, and like a lot of the songs in that on that album also are in six four, you know, which is. Not super atypical, but it just it has a different feel to it. But it's still easy to bob your head to, which is cool. But no, like that's just it's insane, you know. But those guys have three albums right now. I actually yeah. haven't even checked out the third one yet. I need to. Um, but like, it'd be really cool to just have like six albums that people go, "Oh, this is a great artist over everything he's done," mm-hmm. you know. Um, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah, there are a lot of albums, a lot of artists who have like tw- maybe twenty albums, like. Uh, my example, um, the Rolling Stones. I like the Rolling Stones. <laughs> I think, but there is a they have a good amount of good albums, but they also have an overwhelming amount of albums. I'm like, this is just kind of mediocre. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to avoid that because yeah, back in the day, especially you had to be putting out new music every single year if you wanted the tour. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Beatles when they first came to the U.S., they put out six albums in one year. Six. That's insane. <laughs> That's so much recordings. Yeah. Like so many, so many songs. And they didn't tour at all that year. They just put out albums. And they got huge and they came and they toured for I don't even know how long. Um, so there's that kind of thing too. Like imagine being a band for like the first little, you know, just putting out six albums. And that's just, oh my gosh, it's insane. So nowadays people are kind of like uh, very much recording an album for, you know, put up an album, wait two years, tour that album like crazy. Like Kozier's doing that right now. Uh, Young the Giant did that. They, they must have toured for like two or three years just doing nonstop tour dates. Cause that's how you get money. I mean, that's you make money off of touring and, and merchandise and nothing else, pretty much. Yeah. You know, album sales these days are just it's not as big. We're more of like the, in the singles market this this time. Where yeah, it's and, more about the big songs. Yeah, and even back even back when vinyls were, I mean, you have you know forty fives. Those are just single suit. And those sold a ton too. You know, I feel like people have maybe always been more akin to singles, um, but maybe back then they were a little bit more akin. Just a little bit more than we are now to yeah. albums, you know. But yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I was also born in '95. You know what I mean? <laughs> what do I know yeah. about that? Kid? I think I was reading something that said like in the '70s, more people spent money on albums than they went to see like the movies. Really? Yeah. So like, so albums like because in the '70s that's a it's a golden age. Just albums yeah. coming out just year after Dude, year, just yeah. classics. You know? Oh my gosh, that's insane. I feel like I feel like the '70s is a decade of music that people are just starting to like pay attention to again or again I, yeah, yeah. Like, like the 60s are renowned you know and revered you know for like help starting rock music and help starting just so many various forms of right. just popular music 
Whereas, you know, the 70s is the, you know, it's just the escalation phase of more rock music and more, right. you know, it may not get as much as Shine because maybe towards the end of the 70s it kind of got kind of cheesy. But <laughs> but that music that I think is cheesy, I think is amazing. Segwayed into the 80s and yeah. we just don't talk about that. Yeah, we just don't talk about the 80s. Which is, it's funny because now people are like going to nostalgia trip with the 80s. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah for real. Um, what's funny is like the 80s, they didn't. There's there were some great songs and great music at, at that time to even still, but uh, they kind of went crazy with the digital age. Yeah, you know what I mean that's when the digital recordings started coming about, and you were like, oh, I can do whatever I want to. You know what I mean? And all these synthesizers were getting really popular. And everything, mm-hmm. all that stuff came about, and it was like they went way overboard with it. Yeah. And then from there, they were the '90s were like, okay, we don't need that anymore. Strip back like, sound. Nirvana was yeah. like, yeah, screw that. Yeah. But now that we're getting back into it, people are like, okay, let's use synthesizers again, but with taste yeah. you know like let's just not put a shit ton of synth on it and let's just mm. actually do it right you know um but also at the same time like you know we're we're two dudes in our 20s living in mississippi you know what i mean yeah the same what, born you know born in 90s like what do we know about the 70s honestly yeah. what know? do we know about this? we could read about it but unless we like ask we're the there person, yeah you mm. know but i don't know that's just my take yeah i feel like synthesizers is a certain instrument where if you don't know, like, have a specific purpose for it, it yeah. can just easily turn into, this is cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or someone like um, Stevie Wonder, his, right. his best album used synthesizers effectively, and it just sounds really good and well-made. Mm-hmm. Where I can think of Jump from Van Halen, like, man, that shit sounds cheesy. Just... <laughs> ba, 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 yeah, ba, that, that ba, sounds ba, cheesy ba. in my own mind. Oh, it does, but it's almost... That song is, is kind of cool because it's... They don't have a, a cheesy sounding singer. You yeah. know, David Lee Roth. I think it was David Lee Roth. Yeah, that's, that was just tenure with the band. Um, but like, man, that, oh gosh, it's cheesy, but like, it's kind of cheesy in a good way and mm. for that song. Um, I feel like at least. Um, what was I gonna say? Mm, I'm always forgetting my words. Uh, but no, I was. Um, what's cool now is Dawes put out an album recently. I keep bringing Dawes up because it's my favorite band. <laughs> but no, it's uh, this is just a good example because they happen to do this. Um, every single track, except for like, I think one drum beat on that album, the newest album is called We're All Gonna Die, is analog. So yeah. like, people were like, oh, I don't like the new album because they use beats and stuff. I'm like, that's not beats. That's, yeah. He actually recorded a snare drum. He tuned the snare drum to sound like electronic, mm. but it's not. You know what I mean? That's, that kind of thing is coming, like when I do uh, any kind of thing, any kind of recording where I need to get like that kind of sound, I usually opt for uh, an analog sound. You know, I usually opt for something that's, Live in the room, recorded. Which honestly, that's how like samples are made. You know, people record. I I think that's how at least they're made. I'm not sure. I, I need to actually do some research on it. But they will actually record the snare drum, what they want, that sound, and then they can just put it into a keyboard and press it anytime they want to. Yeah. You know? Most most um, these how I've seen samples. They're like you know, sift through the vinyl, you know, and then find that one sound. Like, right. That one. And once they got that loop it over and just add their instrumentals and like classic samples in hip hop music are made from analog yeah, yeah. so when people are like oh I like digital I'm like but all these classic samples you're talking about come from analog records literally transferred it from vinyl to that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was kind of talking about for a minute everyone's on like a nostalgia trip now this is completely not dealing with anything music related <laughs> but <laughs> what did you think of the latest Star Wars movie this is just Oh, don't ask me that. Please. I, no, the, I, I, don't ask me. Not because I don't like it, because I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. Because 
Oh, it's gonna be so bad. I'm honestly, I, I love movies, but I've never been a huge Star Wars fan. Blasphemy. <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. It's Harry okay. Potter. I've seen all the Harry Potters yeah. more than once, but I don't know, man. Uh, I just never got into them. Maybe it's because I, I just wasn't, I was, I was, we weren't born in that era. You yeah. know what I mean? We weren't born in that age of like when Star Wars came out and it was like, oh, the space age, you know, <laughs> we're gonna land somebody on the moon. Yeah. I'm strong. It was like, I don't know. I grew up and I was watching like Drake and Josh and stuff. So that's, um, that's a class TV show right there. <laughs> that's, you know, for us, that's classic, yeah. you know. There's a lot of TV shows I'm, I'm sure people see now. They're like, why is you revering this? Like, like something yeah. like Power Rangers, someone. I'm sure a kid right now is like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. I watched Power Rangers. I knew it was ridiculous and I still liked it. I oh, saw the trailer gosh. for the movie version they're making. I'm like, oh yeah, this is what I watched. This is fucking silly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is. Oh god, I don't want to see it. It's... I'll probably end up seeing it, but I don't want to see it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, definitely. There's just so much of we look, have to look at things through the cultural lens of nostalgia to be like, it's so good. For instance, I was talking about the new Star Wars movie. Okay, actually the old one, the first like one, you know, the right. new, A New Hope. And I was like, and I was rating the movies, and like that was like my third one. And someone was like, well, how can you rate that movie as the third? I was like, all right, from the cultural lens of the '70s, I can see how this is a classic and amazing. <laughs> but from my view right now, this shit is cheesy. Like, yeah. And if I wasn't born in that era, I wouldn't be like, oh my god. Well, it's because, I mean, effects and everything. I mean, recording especially and effects especially. How good, how much better they've gotten in the last ten years is incredible. You know yeah. what I mean? You go back and listen to Coldplay's album, um, Parachutes. Parachutes. Yeah, Parachutes, and also the the latter, which was a Rush of Butt of the Head. And you're like, man, these this is, I mean, it's a good sounding recording, I guess, but it doesn't sound very warm. It doesn't sound very uh, in your face. It doesn't sound very big. And you listen to the stuff now, especially like um, some worship artists like Carrie uh, Job and everything, or like Dave Matthews, Away From The World, or Dave Matthews, um, Gugux King. Those albums sound absolutely incredible. Hmm. And that's just like 10 years of advancement. Yeah. That's insane. Imagine 30 years and like no wonder movies from the 70s look cheesy. Especially a movie like Star Wars because of the fact that it, you know they're trying to synthesize special effects in that way. But nowadays we can just we could do whatever we want to because we have so much more creativity and so much more not so much more creativity but we have so much more um, so many more tools at our at our access yeah. you know it's like that's insane so recording has gone you know out the roof with at the roof at the roof at, at the roof out the roof <laughs> yeah out the roof with this kind of stuff I mean you can buy plugins now that sound almost identical to, shit to the actual you know audio interfaces that they had back in the day it's insane you know. That kind of stuff is insane. It's just, I keep saying insane. It's crazy. It's a different word. <laughs> Synonyms. Yeah. So I guess it's really no surprise that people are embracing the sounds from those eras because they can just easily replicate it with the technology. Right. No, literally. I mean, I for my album example, I mean, every single track, every single song on my album was sent through a plugin that I bought that was uh, designed to emulate um, an actual console the Beatles used back in the day. Hmm. And it's incredible. I mean, you put that thing on, it's like the entire song sounds better. And I mean, it, it should. It cost. It was expensive. You know, I got it for a good deal, but it normally was like three hundred dollars or something like that for a digital plugin. It's yeah. in, for a digital plugin, like something that you can't physically hold in your hand. Cost three hundred dollars. It took a lot of convincing me to even buy it for how much I got it for, which may have been like a hundred or even less. I don't know. Um, like that's insane to me. Like I would spend that much money on something I can't even hold. Yeah. You know. Um, I even have trouble spending money on like a vinyl, and vinyl is like twenty dollars. You know what I mean? 
But it's also because I don't have a great record player yet. I just got a Crosley. You know, just <laughs> a cheap one to start you off on, then, then go from there. But I don't even have a record player. I've thought about it. I, I, just, I feel like I just buy vinyl just to look at the cards and be like, oh yeah, that's... It is, it's very much a collective thing. I yeah. mean, I collect them and I've got a, a collection of like uh, 200, uh, maybe not 200, maybe more like 100 plus final, you know. Um, a lot of it is, are things that I don't even listen to. I usually kind of go straight for like the main 10 and that's it, you know. <laughs> but just to collect it and be like, this is my collection. I honestly need to go through and sell some of it because I'm not ever going to use it. But yeah, I don't know. You should get one up. They're cool. That would be interesting to get one. I just don't know what albums I would get. I feel like... Whatever you want. Pe- 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 <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not giving you permission. Whatever you you could already do whatever you wanted to. You I'm can just all, encouraging you. You can always buy vinyl. <laughs> You've had the but no, especially like, the, like you can always start off with like a, a kind of a crappy one just because it's it's loud enough for your room. Like in here, it'd be fine. Um, but if you're trying to do like high quality audio listening, I mean, you got to have like a nice one, and that gets expensive real fast. Yeah. You know. Are oh, you definitely a audio? Fiend when it comes to like the yeah. headphones. I am. Yeah. Um, what's interesting though is that I don't know. I, I I am in the sense that I want recording system the best they can, and I want to um, enjoy my music the best way I can. But I'm not so much a fiend in the sense that I'm like I go somewhere and I hear a song I'm like this song sucks because it's recorded badly. Yeah. You know. Um, I take that back. I'm exactly that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm kind of flip-flopping. Are right. we going to catch you like listening to like music on like these standard Apple headphones they give everyone? Actually, you will. Reason being is because when you're mixing music and everything, when I'm recording music and everything, think about this. I mean, just for example, I mean, the rig I have for, to record music with is not very expensive in terms of like what it could cost, and it's $5,000 worth of stuff. And that's just like the speakers, the interface, the laptop. That's all five thousand. I got that as a graduation gift from my grandmother before she passed away um, from high school. Um, that alone is is that much money, and then not even including how many how much money I put into microphones and everything, how much time I put into it. So imagine as someone like the Beatles or like uh, you know Dave Matthews, one microphone that he used, I guarantee was upwards of a thousand dollars. You know, mm-hmm. going to an interface. That probably cost that one strip of, of settings right there probably cost like another three thousand dollars. No, the entire board itself was another like sixty thousand plus. You know, so much money goes into a recording, and people go and listen to it on iPod, iPod headphones, <laughs> and then they, they there's just, yeah there's literally like a hundred thousand dollars worth of stuff going into a single song sometimes. And you listen to them? <laughs> well, I take it back. Not a single song. I mean, kind of like an average rate at a studio would be like. Uh, like a good studio would be like eight thousand dollars per song, mm-hmm. you know, eight thousand dollars of the stuff, eight thousand dollars for to record the song, but like the equipment is so much more than that. Going to Apple iPod headphones that sound like shit. Yeah. But the thing is this though, when I record music and when I'm mixing music, I I'll do a comparison. I usually mix it with those headphones on because that's what people are gonna be listening to it on is crappy speakers. So you do what's called reference monitoring. So you'll go through and you'll you know you'll mix it on your nice speakers. You'll get it sounding the way you want it to. Then you'll go and check it on crappy speakers to see if it sounds the same or if it sounds worse or better or whatever you know. Um, and then you can compare it to songs too. You you can like put a song in that kind of sounds like what you want your song to sound like, and you compare the two. 
and then you mix accordingly. So no, I use those, I use those a lot, especially for recording music and everything and mixing final songs. I mean, I'll go. In fact, my my entire album was mixed through Apple iPod headphones. But do you use Beats? No, I would use. <laughs> no, no, I would never spend that much money because those that's a false representation. When you have um, that much bass put into your songs and everything, it's false. If you try to mix with Beats on. It's adding so much bass that when you go and you're like, oh, this song has enough bass already, and you take it to your car, it's going to sound thin. It's going to oh, sound yeah. like nothing. It's going to sound hollow because of the fact that your headphones lied to you. You know, <laughs> The exact words of my engineering teacher at USM. He was like, your headphones are lying to you. You know, it's like, <laughs> he's right. There's a guy just beats who takes them off. Really? Yeah, yeah. Huh. <laughs> I trusted you. <laughs> like, what's and you lied to me. You oh, said there was gosh. bass in here. <laughs> There was. It was just false. It was just false. Yeah. Bass, yeah. All right. So, you're an incredible guitarist. Oh, thank you, just, buddy. You know, just, no, I appreciate that. I really yeah. do. I think a lot of people who are singers and guitarists kind of like to like trade off one or the other. Like, mm-hmm. trade the singing for my guitar skills or trade the guitar skills for my singing. I feel like you don't really compromise either with your really? music. Yeah. Thanks, man. I mm-hmm. appreciate that. I definitely compromise looks if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, um, I really do appreciate that. Um, obviously, I mean, I'm just trying. I'm trying to learn, and you know, um, you listen to someone like Hal, which you, you know Hal. Oh, dude, Hal! That so... guy's like next level, dude. Yeah. Um, I think he and I both are. We have our own different styles and everything. Um, I just try not to compare myself to him because then I'll get really, really depressed. You'd be like, <laughs> oh, I'm not as good as Hal. I guess I'll just give up now. Yeah, just go home. You know, I could do that, or I could be like, okay, I'm not as good as Hal in this aspect, but I'm going to be, you know. Yeah. And there, you know, with any guitarist, there's differences, you know. I feel like once you, and I'm not saying I'm at this level yet, but I'm saying I believe that once you get to a certain level, it's not about who's better, it's about who plays different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, there's, like, John Mayer in comparison to someone like... Um, Taylor Goldsmith of Dawes, who you, you haven't heard, but he's not a super technical player, but he's the most lyrical guitarist I've ever heard. He can write more melodies on the guitar than John Mayer could even think about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's that kind of playing. Uh, but John Mayer in a blues jam would, would kill Taylor yeah, Goldsmith, yeah. you know? No doubt. But writing a, writing a solo that people could sing back to you, that's Taylor Goldsmith every day, mm-hmm. which is why I love him, you know? Um, but no, I, I, I don't know. I, uh... I could sit here and talk about this stuff forever, but um, speaking of Dawes, I think we keep talking about it. But you got to play on stage with them, so yeah. So, so can you like just describe the experience? I know you talked about it to the news. Um, oh my gosh, it'll be a year in April. April nineteenth is when it happened. I remember the date and everything. It's embarrassing. On the, on the, it's in like a, a photo yeah, frame. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have like his handprint. Like I don't even know. Anyway, <laughs> um. No, uh, I went to a show in Oxford. They were playing in Oxford, which is the closest they've ever come to Mississippi. Obviously, mm. they were in Mississippi for the first time ever. And I was like, I was almost debating on not going because I was like, I got school that day. Can I miss school? And I was like, okay, I need to miss school. This is my favorite <laughs> band. I'm not just going to miss them because of some stupid class that I'm not even going to use in 10 years anyway. Um, sorry, teachers. Um, not all teachers. But so I drove up. I drove like right after a jazz combo class that I had. Got there, and thankfully, the, it actually wasn't that packed out, you know. It was the first time ever in Mississippi, so usually that you, you don't draw a good crowd the first time. But there, it ended up being a good crowd, but at first, when I got there, it was pretty, you know, no one there. Um, 
And I had been, I actually had bought the ticket and I'd been having dreams of playing with them on stage for months. Really? I literally dreamt it, except for some reason we were in a boxing ring, which maybe made like a metaphor of some sort. I don't know. We were in a boxing ring and then he goes, hey, do you know this song I'm about to play? And I'm like, I know all your songs. And for some reason that offended him. And then we started boxing and (laughs) it did not go well. I lost. Mm -hmm. Uh, I lost and I got like beat out of the boxing ring. It was a really weird dream. But I was like, let's make sure that doesn't happen, you know, (laughs) hopeful. Um, But so fast forward again to the gig. Um, I was, I had a Sharpie and a piece of paper in the back of my car. And I was like, I really want to play with them. You know, I want to do it. I want to show that I like, I want to try and have the opportunity. And I almost didn't do it because I was so nervous. Because I don't want to be that kind of annoying fan. It's like, yeah, already asking for something from them, you know, like that's not cool to be that guy. Um, but I was like, you know what? The worst they can do is say no or just say nothing. So I might as well. Best decision I've ever made, period. You know, I wrote it out. Uh, I said, can I play slash sing with you? Question mark, exclamation mark on a neon green sheet of paper. Yeah. And then I was in the second row. I mean, the only reason I wasn't at the barriers because there was a lady in front of me. Um, but I sat, I was right in front of the second row. I mean, all my friends were behind me. I didn't even care. I was like, I'm here for dogs. I don't give a shit about y'all. <laughs> you know? Um... And so I waited till like five songs into the set and everything. They actually, for the first time ever, I believe, they did an acoustic set. They'd only ever done full band stuff. They'd never done acoustic songs in their set at all. Uh, and this show, I think, I believe it was the first time they did it. They said it was, but they might just be saying that, you know. But they were like, all right, guys, we're going to play some acoustic songs for y'all. And uh, so they got, you know, and they started playing songs. They would like, I think, like three or four songs like that. And the entire time, I'm just harmonizing because I I've, I know these songs forwards and backwards, and like I've mapped out because I I like to produce music too. You know, I produce my album, and I'm producing a couple friends' albums right now too. Um, and so I hear spots where harmonies would just fit right in, and I'm like, all right, cool, I'm gonna sing this. And so yeah. I start harmonizing, and I'm just like, because it's just I've always wanted to sing with them. You know what I mean? It's like the the, the best thing that ever happened. But I'm gonna stop mumbling and get to the actual point of the whole thing. Uh, I promise I will. <laughs> uh, but so long story short, what happened was they get, there's a guy in front of me who heard me singing and was like, dude, you sound really good. I was like, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. And, and then so I had started holding the sign up a couple songs before they did the acoustic set. Mm-hmm. Just like it was like four or five songs into their actual set because I don't want to be like right off the bat annoying. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah right like, here. Give yeah. me something. Give yeah. me an opportunity. You know. Um, so like four or five songs in and then during the acoustic set and then um, – after the acoustic set, I held it up again, and the guy that was in front of me calls out because it turns out he's part of the Dawes fan club, oh. which a lot of people were. So he'd seen them plenty of times. I'm sure he's talked to them before and everything. Uh, I forget. I think his name was Keith. He's a super cool guy, but he was like, "Hey, hey, check, read this guy's sign." And, you know, he's he's good at singing. Let him let him you yeah. know, sing with you. Get him on a stage. And then the lead, lead singer was like, he looked down directly at me and was like, "You've been holding up that sign for a while. Do you want to come up on stage?" And the crowd went, "Ha!" You know. And so this barrier that's like three and a half, four feet tall, and I'm only 5'8", you know, yeah. I was like, how the hell? And so I hop over that, and the stage is like five feet tall, and I'm like, how in the world? So I don't know how. I was so excited, I just like launched myself up. <laughs> and the first thing that happened was Taylor, the lead singer, uh, handed me his guitar, and I was like, this thing is really expensive. Yeah. You know, I like, at one point held it up and was like, oh my god. Um, this is golden. But like I was telling you before, we started recording, is I'm really good at self-motivating. Um, I don't get nervous on stage anymore, thankfully. Uh, I've kind of gotten over that. Um, I'm very much like, don't ask how it's going to happen. Just do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
very much like it's gonna be okay. So in that moment when um, he was like, "Do you know our song Our Favorite Bands?" and I was like, "I know all your songs." And he goes, "Okay, cool." He didn't punch me in the face because I wasn't dreaming at this point. <laughs> it was it wasn't in the boxing ring. Um, but so we he started a song of everything, and um, I don't know, man. It was cool because the drummer and the bassist are two pretty serious people, and they never smile. And then once I did like the first lick in between like a, a, a vocal part that he was singing, they were like, "Okay, cool. This guy's you know he's cool." Um, so we did the whole song, and I was. Was, it was it's funny looking back how relaxed I was because right now I'm like even talking that I get jittery um, but I was very much like okay this is what I've been waiting for I'm gonna enjoy this and I was super present the entire time I didn't space out at all yeah it's very much like I know what I'm doing and I'm gonna try and do my best I can um, and so at one point even did you see the actual video of yeah that's yeah because that there was that one point where I actually I had my sleeve rolled up and my sleeve was rolling down and I went to do this to fix the sleeve and I was snapping to the song too. Mm. And, and when I watched the video back, it looked like I was snapping to the lead singer to come let me sing with him. I didn't know that. I was fixing my sleeve and I was snapping at the, the rhythm at the same time of the song. And he heard the snap though and was like, oh, okay, cool. And brought the mic over and let me sing with him. But that was an accident. Yeah. But I, but I got... F- but fate had it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fate so had it. Hmm. Um... And then I got to, I I played my solo and they were enthralled. It was super cool to have them be so encouraging about that, um, and got to shake all their hands and got them to I got to talk a little, a little bit to them after the show. They all everyone else kind of went on the bus immediately, but I talked to their um, touring guitarist at the time, Dwayne Betts, who's Dickie Betts' son from the Allman Brothers, which is crazy. Um, he was super cool. I talked to him for a good minute, and I talked to the lead singer at their tour bus. I almost didn't do that too. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, I don't want to bug him again. You know yeah. what I mean? But then I was like, you know what? I might as well. I even like walked back and forth three times on the road. Like, don't do it. Okay, do it. Don't, don't do, do it. Yeah. Okay. And I walked back and was like. You'll hey, regret man. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I was, I'll never forget it. I was like, um, I was talking to the lead singer. I was like, first of all, he's really short, by the way. I thought it was, he's got such a big head. He looks like he's six foot. Dude's like five, seven, <laughs> maybe five, six and a half. I don't know. So, uh, that, that's completely irrelevant, <laughs> but he was so cool. He was super nice and everything. I mean, I was enthralled. I was like, this is my hero right here. You know what I mean? They all are. And so I'm going on way too long about this. Um, but I was talking to him and I was like, dude, can you sign this for me? Like, I didn't want to picture anything cause I'm very much like if ever I see him again, which I hope happens, I don't want him to remember me as like the fan that asked for a photograph and stuff. I want to remember me as the guy that played with him. Yeah. As a human, not so much a fan, you know. Um, it's more personal that way, I feel. Um, but so I was like, yeah, man, I want to be, you know, thank you so much for. He was like, yeah, dude, you sound great, man. And I was like, yeah, I want to be a tour guitarist of some sort. He goes, dude, you get the chops for it. And I was like, okay, this guy who's incredible at writing music and writing songs and everything that he does everything he touches turns to gold just told me that i have the chops to to make it in the industry like that's oh my gosh dude it was surreal beyond belief and the thing too is like i I didn't choke on stage you know what i mean yeah i felt confident i was just like okay i've wanted this for a long time i'm not gonna fuck it up now you know what i mean Mm. so it was oh god it was so cool is there any other, can you just, there's no feeling to describe that feeling in that moment? It was more happiness than I've ever felt dating any girl I've ever dated. 
to give an example. Every girl here listening to this has been like, I know, yeah, Dawes yeah. was better than me. <laughs> no, I mean, like that's what I've always wanted is like, you know, to just play with my favorite band. Yeah. And I got to do it, and I did it well, thankfully. And I, it sounds cocky like that. Like I don't want to come off cocky. Like, you know, is like um, I was like, you know, I'm like the shit or something. But like, I, I feel like when I listen back, I'm like, wow, that was a good solo. You know, that could have been that could have gone a lot worse. Yeah, is what I think. You know. Um, and I don't know. It, it was super cool. I just, man, I, I don't know. I very much want to go to another show and hold up another sign and ask if I can play again. But then that might be the more annoying thing to do. Like, you know what I mean? He's back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, oh god, here he comes again. Yeah. So I don't know. But that that pretty much sums it up, man. I don't know. It was, it was the the, the greatest night of my entire freaking life. And then I slept outside the venue because I didn't have anywhere to stay that night. By the way, you slept outside <laughs> in my car. Oh, I was I was like, no, just, like yeah, on the, the hold, <laughs> on the steps of the lyric. No, no, I was in my car. My friend who I was supposed to crash with. Uh, got swamped with work or something like that and mm-hmm. couldn't let me crash at his place. Um, which I think it's going to be his excuse. But I forgave him anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, dude, I got a lot of homework. I'm like, like bro. So you can't let me in your, your house right now? Yeah, <laughs> come on, man. But I was like, you know what? I don't mind. I'd rather be like, yeah, I slept outside the venue after I played with Dawes. You know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of cool to be like, yeah, that's right. I'm so dedicated. I slept outside the venue. You know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that was like... And think about it, that guy told you you had the chops to do that. So that means it means I gotta do it. That means in like ten years from now, someone can be holding up a sign to you saying, I was "Can like I that. please like play on stage, do Kodata? And you're like, "Come on, yeah, yeah." <laughs> and they'll blow you. I thought about that. I was like, "That'd be really cool to have that happen in return." But yeah. then again, I might not be playing, you know, in ten years on a stage with enough people to be that, you know, kind of guy. But you never know, man. It'd be cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd lo- I'd love to make it in the industry, but you know. You never can tell. Yeah. Who knows? At this point, I realized if I'm not doing it for myself, then I might as well not be doing it because of the fact that at the, at the end of the night, I someone's got to still, you know, I still got to be able to go home and go, what I'm doing is important to me. And what I'm doing is valuable in some way or another. Whether it's to me or someone else, it doesn't matter. It's important to me, you know. Um, and like, because not everyone's, I can't really like write an album like, all right, I wrote this album just for you guys, so you'd really appreciate it, you know. Because then that wouldn't be for me. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's like, at the end of the night, people are, are, you know, people that are Lady Gaga fans right now are not going to be Lady Gaga fans in 10 years from now when she puts out an album and it sucks. You know, not that's going to happen. I'm just saying, like, if it happens, you know, fans are fleeting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially so, in these days, people just kind of... Right. It's very, off. it's very quick. It's very like, okay, next thing. You know yeah. what I mean? And I don't know. That's how I feel about it. But <laughs> I feel so odd being... Um the rabid like Nashans fan or I'm like I'll go see every show you guys do <laughs> like it doesn't matter what you are, but probably... you're friends with them too so yeah cool. so friends with them no mm-hmm. dude yeah. totally like yeah. I, I'll go see every show they have yeah. I mean, those guys are killer you know mm. they're all cool too like yeah. I'm, I'm friends with all of them and they're fantastic people yeah dude like their music's so complex and so layered that right. like, you'd be like oh okay these guys would be like mathematician level like intelligent but they're just really down the earth type of dude you know? yeah and I feel like there's a lot of musicians around who, who are just have really amazing music and just right. down earth people. It's once you start your ego starts becoming Yeah. Once you your music Which I feel like I come off that way a lot is a thing. What like the ego thing? Yeah, yeah. I feel like I come off as the guy like, oh yeah, he's good at guitar. Like I'm I'm confident about my playing, but I'm by no means where I wanna be. You yeah. know what I mean? So I don't know. I I I would hate to come off as a guy like, oh, I play with Dawes, you know? Yeah, I was, I was that guy. Remember me? Yeah. Remember me? I play with Dawes, you know? <laughs> like, I don't want to do that. It's yeah. kind of stupid to be that guy. 
And no one really likes you when you're that guy, and I don't want to be that guy. And I don't I don't think I am, but I very well could be, just as much as any other person could be and not realize it, you know? Yeah. But no, Nauseans, solid band. Dude. That album they put out, the, like, they're, they have that release show coming up, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be I'm, I'm Dude, gonna be oh my God. It's very weird to be like, hey guys, can you sign this record? You know? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, and we're like friends and everything, and I'm like, oh, it was, you're, you're so good. There was like, when I was, was it the house show with you the, yeah, the yeah. other day? I was like, is there a Noxus t-shirt? <laughs> I was like, I, don't, I know there isn't, but please let there be one. And I can I can uh, confidently say that all the times I'd seen them, that was the best. Before. It was, wasn't yeah. it? Dude, that was like... Like when they sang The Way It Goes? Yeah. Oh my God. And then just God. that energy. And just, because I feel like certain venues, you know, there's there's certain disconnect where... Not there's hippo, but maybe there's disconnect where like... It's a venue, so you kind of have to be, you know, cool and kind right. of... Right. Yeah, you gotta... You gotta act like you fit in. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta act like... And just observe the music and nod in your head. Or maybe slightly dancing... Which is weird to me because I feel like dance is such a natural thing that when I go to a place and like it's odd to dance, I'm like, what right. other reaction would you I to, do? You go to the hippo or something like that? You're not dancing. You're just... You're doing the typical like, oh my gosh, I don't even know. That's just like, the stereotypical thing people do at like indie rock shows is like just bob their head. And I'm like, you going to dance or not, man? <laughs> no, dude, dude, I don't care, man. I'll dance at Nazian shows d- all day long. D- dude, yeah, I, I felt like it's felt so funny because like at the last show that there was hit, but I'm just in the front one just like... I know, I saw you there. Yeah, I, was like, and I, was like, I was like, Josh is getting down <laughs> here, y'all. And like, but that's the adequate response and I... It just, is. No, yeah. yeah, it's great. And so at the house show, everyone was just fucking dancing. I was like, yes, everyone yeah. danced. Everyone danced. Like the dude from the renders was hitting this move. I was like, what was is he really? Doing? Yeah, he was like doing this. I was like, <laughs> what are you even doing right now? This is amazing. That's like this total dad dance. Yeah, like, oh my he God. was a dad. Like he had the beard and glasses. Like we kept like I thought it was Seth Rogen for about a few minutes. Which, but... by the way, Renders killed it. That yeah, that was awesome too. That yeah. was a damn good show. Yeah, dude, that was a that was a great show. I've, I've seen him a couple times before and even played like shows with them yeah. like once or twice. But like that night, I was like, wow, this these guys are really good. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've always been a fan of Randy's guitar playing. Oh, dude, I was like, it's so it's like he, he's not even he's not like like. I don't I actually don't know if he could still. Learn. I bet he could, but like he's so smart about everything he plays. It's so technical and, and like it fits the song so well. I, I think it's I think for him like really it's a lot harder to be. Because the funny thing is the dude doesn't use a lot of pedals. Like I yeah he does not like barely uses any pedals. He's so. got two. He's got yeah. like uh, just like an overdrive and like a delay. In that yeah, part, like that's you know? it. And he has to create so much space because there's only him, the drummer, and the bass player, and the singer. There's no yeah. rhythm. There's no, like, he is, has to fulfill both roles. And the fact that he can just create such rhythm and timing and such layers, it's like, yeah. dude, how And he was do- hammered. Yeah, and he was hammered. <laughs> and he was managing the show because this was his house. And he's just like, dude, he was solid, dude. Yeah. He was, oh my gosh. Like, I, w- I was just, I wasn't expecting because I, I actually set up that guitar for him yeah. a while back. And I don't know, I was like, oh, cool, any rock band, I'll play like, you know, just like, you know, just regular chord stuff. And then he went up and played, and I was like, this guy knows what he's freaking doing. Yeah. Like, it was so good. I was like, Randy, that was, I didn't know you could play like that. <laughs> I was like, boy, you wouldn't hide in something from me, because that was solid, brother. <laughs> oh my gosh, so cool. So cool. Yeah, dude, that was, that was a great show. It was show. a fantastic show. Oh, yeah, man. But um, it was great talking to you, so what can we expect next from you? Uh... Kodeta South has some shows coming up soon. Yeah, I, like, I like you're thinking of the, talking to third person about yourself. <laughs> well, I say Kodeta South because I want it to be a band, but it's, it's yeah. just me. My secret I've, identity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so. uh, I've, I've got shows coming up. You get me to change the first person now. I've got shows coming up. Um, 
I probably won't put out another album, honestly, for a while because I do want to tour this one for a while if I can. But I've already started writing songs though for the next one. I've, I've actually I had to sift through about thirty songs to get the twelve songs that I chose, and actually wrote one extra anyway. Um, but I've got I've actually got a cool video series coming up. Um, I'm doing like a it's called In Depth with a Few Regrets. Yeah. Um, and so what it is is it's a vlog series where every single song on the record gets its own dedicated video talking about what each song means because every single song is super personal. Yeah. And usually is very literal in some way or another. And so I like people to, to know what it means and not just be like, oh, it's just a metaphor. Yeah. You know? uh, interpretation. Um, yeah, it's cool. And it's just more, it's just another way for me to connect with people that listen to it and like it, um, however many of those there are, which I don't know how many there are. Um, but no, that's what's coming up. And also, uh, since I'm playing an empty atlas now, we're going to do probably some tours and shows together to where Coda the South opens up and then it's empty atlas yeah. also. Because it's a nice, it's easy to book shows that way. Be like, all right, we already have two acts for you an opening yeah. act and a main act, and then we tour that way, you know. Um, which we have a show coming up in Baton Rouge uh, where that's going to happen. So, stuff like that. Um, just trying to get stuff together. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Cool. Well, Brennan, it was awesome talking to you. Yeah, dude, thank you, man. All I appreciate right. it. Solid, brother. Cool. Solid, brother. <laughs> Walking down that old road with my memories My bare feet on the stones I felt wind brush off my So much has changed My face has toughened out I'm not the same Correspond to mine, and then they'd brush across my face and tell me there's no reason to hide. I can't help but keep it inside. The frustration of knowing failed tries Then I felt sunlight on my eyes 
This time 